welcome to episode number 55 of the Curvo Podcast. Michaela here and John Barrera. And today's very special guest. You want to go ahead and introduce him, John? Absolutely. Um, I met this gentleman while we were looking for a missing child. That's right. We yeah. both did. Yeah, we did. And um, you want to talk about somebody who's integrated in the community, gives back, and uh, gives up. back musically, shows up. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mr. Josh Peak with Comfort in Texas. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Texas, that's where I stay all year. And there's lots of friendly people and a whole lot of beer. Yeah, and there'll never be another place wanna call my home. Cause I found comfort in Texas and northwest of San Antonio. Yeah, we started out in Fredericksburg at the old South Star Saloon. Yeah, but there's no girls in that place and our fun ended soon. So we hopped on over to Stonewall, went to Johnson City. Yeah, but there's no and man, it sure was a pity. Well, old Lester said, well, I've no place where we can go. Down around the old town they call Blanco. We jumped into the truck and I said, nah, let's just go home. Cause I found comfort in Texas and west of San Antonio. And I found comfort in Texas and that's where I stay all year. And there's lots of friendly people and a whole lot of good cheer and there'll never be another place wanna call my home cause I found comfort in Texas and northwest of San Antonio yeehaw yeah Dina's on the table, so I ate it real fast. And there's a rodeo series down in Bandera, but I've been sitting last. So I'm going out to Crowder's, where I hope I can ride a bull. On the hunt for women, man, I know the place is full. <laughs> when we got there, I saw twin sisters standing by that tree. I could tell they weren't on welfare, and one of them was looking right at me. And I knew it wouldn't be long, for I'd take her to my center point home, show a little comfort. Texas and west of San Antonio. And I found comfort in Texas, that's where I stay all year. And there's lots of friendly people and a whole lot of beer. And there'll never be another place wanna call my home. Cause I found comfort in Texas and west of San Antonio. Yeah, you can drink and dance all day and have fun all night long. And my home of comfort, Texas and west of San Antonio. Yeah, Luke and Bach on it all. I might just head back to the house. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Josh Peak, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, was... on the Curvo podcast on this great uh, Thursday morning. Number 55. Right. It's also Josh's birthday today. So uh, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Happy yeah. birthday, Josh. 40, 43 laps around the sun. There doing, you go. Doing good. 43 uh, crazy laps. That's and uh, <laughs> a wild right. ride for sure. And uh, from playing music. Across the country to riding bulls. Yep. You've Working construction. All. Yeah. I mean, I even colored a few things. <laughs> you awesome. and that guitar make it hard to stay sober. I'm telling you, I, that brought back my beer drinking days right there. Well, you know, that's kind of my job is to sell alcohol. But you know what? That used to be my job. Now I play, what kind of happened 
with the pandemic stuff is it's all switched mainly to restaurants since restaurants were predominantly the only businesses that stayed open. Mm. Now you play a lot more food venue places. I get home earlier at night and uh, it's a lot cleaner atmosphere. I kind of like it. That's a good thing. I like yeah. it. I really like it. You know, it's not so, you know, just a, a party scene. Yeah. So how, how did your music career start, Josh? Oh gosh. You know, ever since I can remember, I was singing and, um, when I was three years old, I was in the living room dancing around with a little pencil mic from a an old uh, eight track player and singing Oom Papa Mau Mau to you know the Oak Ridge Boys, yeah. and nice. <laughs> Elvira, yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. and uh, but um, oh gosh, I was eight years old and I started going to the end of the hills in Kerrville and I would go and sit in with the bands over there. They had a Monday night um, jam session thing and I would sit in. I could see uh john arthur martinez and and uh jimmy lee jones and jimmy cribs and you know all these guys that were playing around uh at the time and and uh i'd sit in with them and i, I was just a little kid i didn't know what i was doing but you know i started loving it and feeling that love and you know impressing the crowd and then i did local talent shows and in, in comfort and uh kept going kept going and then one day i, I went to a commercial music school and um in uh Leveland, Texas at South Plains College and and uh I spent about a year there. I didn't get my associates, which I I wish that I had, but uh man, I, I sure learned a lot from those guys up there about music. It was like being in a bar every day for class. What our job was to learn music in school. That's amazing. Yeah, it it is. Cool. Well, it's, that's like being in broadcasting school. Same thing with I mean I was I, I same thing. I love broadcasting, you know, and it was like it, it, every time I went I was excited to go in uh every day. Yeah. It was the the entire time I was there, it was always fun, you know, so I get it 100%. You get to work side by side with professional professors who yeah. who yeah. know the the business inside and out. And it was just, I don't know, it, it was invaluable, really. What's the difference between having your degree and not in the music industry? Um, Pride, I think. <laughs> no, I mean you, you. You, uh I don't. I don't know that you can. You can go um, in Texas if if you get your associate's degree, then you can transfer to like Berkeley or um, uh, another school. I can't even remember you know, all the schools that are around. But there's only like three or four where you can actually get your master's in music. And most of the time, it's more in music theory than it is in you know actual music mm. production or music whatever but if you had it in music production i would assume that you could you could uh, um pitch yourself to you know studios and different places around and yeah and yeah yeah that, that have some sense. credibility you know yeah absolutely and you've written quite a few songs over the years oh yeah you are a uh, not just a singer but a songwriter as well and so so after you went to this music school uh, what, what happened out of that? Um, n- well, nothing really other than I, I, I had gained more confidence, I think in, in my music ability. And I started going to the, uh, buck and shoot saloon in center point because, uh, miss <laughs> Carrie owned it and, and she would let me play in there for tips and it was close to comfort, you know, and I could, and how old were you at this time? I was 20. Okay. You're 20, 20, 20 okay. at the time. And, um, so I'm sitting in there playing for tips and stuff. And I remember I played like seven hours straight one time and made $9 in tips. Mm. It was a great day. Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, you know, she she gave me a break. And then she started seeing, hey, this kid's got a little bit of talent. She started telling people. Uh, Jim Hanley, that was 
part of Diamond Gym with the old KRVL and a couple other people. They started all getting together, and before I knew it, everybody had assembled this team, and they started uh, Bandera, uh, uh, Cowboy Capital Records of Bandera just for me. Wow. And, and they put all these people together, and I made this, we made this first CD, and Bobby Flores, who God pray for Bobby Flores right Cow- now. He's, Cowboy Bob, he, and known on the air. Right? No, different, different, Bobby. Oh, Bobby different. Flores, the the fiddle player. Oh, and, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And he's got esophageal cancer right now. Oh, man. And, and yeah. yeah. So we're all praying for him. But uh, he is, mm. he was the uh, arranger on the CD, and and there was a bunch of bunch of good cats, you know, that played on it. And um, I, I was just really floored. And then nine eleven happened. Right as we're getting the CD out, and oh, all the backers man. and everything fell. And uh, it was October seventh. Uh, 2001, when we had the CD release party, the pre-release party, excuse me. And so this is not even a month. I mean, 9-11 still fresh at this that point. Was, mm. That yeah. was the day we bombed them, when we bombed Afghanistan, when Bush sent stuff over there. It, was a, everything, whole, it was a whole different process, even like, what, 20, 15 years ago? Oh, yeah. And now it's YouTube and, and TikTok and sure. getting noticed in like a 30-second, just like, you know, short or whatever you see. and. And uh, do you mind talking about the differences between now and just even 10 years ago? Gosh, if I knew how to make it, I'd be a lot more famous now. But I'll give you my side of it. <laughs> no, uh, I think now you, you, you have so many more tools at your disposal. Um, before, it took a 30-person team and a network of individuals who had been in the business forever to get you seen, to get you to the places you need to go. Now... You've got all the the media, all the editing software, all this stuff you right can there. you can yeah. record at home, and and come up with a decent demo product. You know, I don't think you'll ever reproduce what Nashville does. I I went up there. Yeah, I Nashville. Was, I was blown away at what they could do. I mean, I've recorded a lot in Texas and done different things, but and isn't it isn't it kind of crazy how it seems like you can have like that you know the same equipment and replicate the equipment but for some reason they're they're able to just get this sound that well, you can only get in nashville i don't even think it's the same equipment here i've seen some big you know uh studio monitors that are about as big as this desk the one that they had was bigger than this room it went all the way around and i mean it, it's insane they had glass windows cut out and there was like seven different rooms inside of this thing with isolation booths for acoustic guitar and piano and all these things and they have everything video monitored and there's a team of people talking back and forth, talking to the, the uh, producer on site. And then he's got a co-producer that's sitting with him and they're running things back and forth. And it's like, is really elaborate. We recorded four tracks in three hours and it was better than anything. And usually it takes at least three hours to do one track in Texas. So how was your experience in Nashville? You hear all kinds of different stories, good stories, horror stories, so how was it? It it was great to go there. Um, I mean, of course, I'm from Texas, so it was foreign, and I, I couldn't afford anything. You know, I just went up there on a whim. Uh, this guy had um, reached out to me. He was from Texas. You now, know, when I was, was, when was Texas. this, by the way? Oh, six years ago. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, time's it's, flying, it's, just, it's, yeah. Hit, it's hitting me harder now that I'm thinking about it out loud. Um, no, I've been sitting on these songs. My mother-in-law, my wife, I even talked to lawyers and everything, and they said, you know, 
you can do this, but there's no guarantees and blah, blah, blah. And we looked over all the paperwork. It was a producer's agreement. He said, look, I'm from Texas. You're from Texas. You know, I, I promise if we don't get it working here, we'll get it working across, you know, the pond over there in, uh, in Europe. And uh, he said, I got a big, you know, connection over there. Nothing ever happened. Not mm. a, not a thing. And I've been sitting on these songs and they're, they're, they're pretty good songs. And, and the way they recorded them, I mean, it's, it's just like you're listening to somebody, you know, on the radio that's famous, you know, that, Hey, they had Reba McIntyre's uh, lead guitar player playing on the thing, Jerry King. And I mean, wow. it, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a real deal. I got to sing on the same mic supposedly that Elvis and Johnny Cash and a bunch of other people had recorded on at Blackbird Studios. I mean, it was, it was That's a whole, huge. Yeah. whole real deal. I'm, I, Keith Urban was in the room next to me, man, recording. Josh. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I kept thinking, you know, well, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Nothing happened, and then they sold the uh, production company or whatever he called it, and uh, the Quiet label or something. Yeah. yeah, and then the new people were just like, "No, sorry, adios." Isn't that crazy how that yeah. works? Uh, uh, the music industry is, I mean, a very brutal industry. I've watched a lot of documentaries on how it works, and and uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, they just there's really no emotion to it. They don't <laughs> they don't care. Um, they're they're in it solely for the money. And you live your whole life as a, as an artist trying to figure out the best way you can use your craft to help other people. I do, you know, to either get them out of their zone where, you know, like you were talking about taking you back to the bar days or whatever. If I can create that emotion to where people want to have fun, mm-hmm. that that's me doing my job. Or if I can make them sad or if I can make them reflect on a time in their life where, you know, they they needed to feel that again in their life that that's great i mean that there's nothing more rewarding than that no so music is a tool yeah it it really is um so how do you handle being a father to three boys one on the way and also still being a musician (laughs) well the music's kind of my uh getaway you know it's it's it always has been it's always been my thing to go to that just got me away from reality whenever i was down or blue you know um gosh i hate getting deep Anyway, no. my uh, I never knew who my father was, and my grandmother raised me. My my mother gave me to her when I was six years old, and wow, grandma, and Josh grew up out on Peak Ranch, right? Yeah, for a uh, while, Mill Dam Road area until uh, 1993. We sold the the last part of the ranch, and uh, of course, Grandpa had passed away when I was three, and so it was just Grandma and I, and we're living there on the ranch, and uh, we moved to town, and I told her, I said, move me anywhere, but. Don't stick me in the middle of Comfort, Texas. So she bought a house in the middle of Comfort, Texas. <laughs> her mom lived there and every all of our family, you know, and I understand yeah. it now, but I didn't talk to her for like three weeks in that house. I was just silent, you know. Hmm, I'm not going to talk to you. You know how kids are. Right, but, right. Why'd you move me here? Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. right. That's right. I don't know. I, I wouldn't have started riding bulls other than I didn't want to quit playing cowboy, you know, on the ranch. From the time I was born, I was like six months old when they sat me on my first horse. You know, I mean, I'm just, that's the way it was. Wow. A lot of these artists talk, sing about rodeos, sing about, you know, the, the falling off the bull. You actually did it. I did it for 11 years. Yeah. Most of them don't. You know? So as you, so, so you, you, and I know you've done a lot of bull riding. And when I, even when I, when I typed the word, the words, Josh Peak. In Google this morning, there were uh, bull riding pictures that popped up. Well, that in, wasn't in that, Google. You have to be careful because there is a Josh Peak who's the same age as me, 
born in Pueblo, Colorado, <laughs> who is a, a a champion roper and bulldogger, where he's where he's flipping bulls, you know, on the on the side, the the steer dogging. So, okay, so yeah, you you have to be careful. He's more famous than me, which which is is kind of. I funny. don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> So you said you can find your music on Spotify also? Yes, yes, you can find iTunes. it on Spotify, iTunes. Um, used to be Beats Music. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. Beats I Music? I don't know. I don't. Everything Beats. changes yeah. so fast with the technology. Like, I just, I kind of threw my hands up in the air, you know, because like you said, I'm a stay-at-home dad, and I, I'm, I'm a homeschool teacher for my boys. I stay at home, and then uh, when I, I do get to play music, I, I'm ready to get out of there because it's loud. I love you boys, but... It's loud in there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, we have four. Yeah, yeah, it's loud. yeah. It gets loud. It's uh, it gets crazy. Do you have like a at home studio that you can escape to? No, I wish I did. I wish I did. I was thinking about even trying to record some stuff on GarageBand just because it's so accessible on your yeah. phone, you know, and stuff now. But see what I could do with it. And they have these uh, little sheds, you know, that they sell that you can. I've seen them made really nice. They put like little units on there, like a split unit insulation and you got yourself a man cave slash studio i'd love one i'd love one if there's any uh investors out there right <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah all right so uh so you guys moved to come i, I, I want to go back to the to the story because um you don't you, you didn't just play around here you've played in a lot of different places throughout oh, yeah. the years and yeah. what are some of the places that that where, where, have, where are some of the places that music has taken you uh, we went to the End of the Mountain Gods Casino in uh, New Mexico one time. That was pretty cool, pretty unique. It was a good experience. Um, we used to play Laredo down at Rumors Country Tavern. Um, I got to play Houston at the um, the Houston Polo Club several times down there for some of the elites down there, and it, that was pretty swanky, you know, pretty nice place. Um, I played uh, Love and War in Plano. Uh, Got to do Oak Hill in Austin, a few other places. Um, gosh. But you know what I've never got to do? I've never, and this kills my soul that I had a band for 12 years, and we shut it down because I was becoming a father, and I wasn't making any substantial money, and it was taking a lot of time. Um, I think I did 120 shows my last year with the Whoa, band. It's a and, lot, yeah. And uh, my take was 13800 bucks, oh, And I... Broke eight thousand dollars worth of equipment that year, and I had over eight thousand dollars worth of other expenses. You were in debt every year. I was upside down playing music. I was playing for everybody else's good time, so you're stressing out all the time. And and it, as it you know went on after twelve years, you just start. This isn't fun anymore. I'm not. I'm. I can't. If I I'm working a day job to play music so everybody else can have a good time. Mm-hmm. Did it yeah. ever get to the point to where it was more of a like like you were just saying more of a, a job and more of a process oh, you sure. had to go through than going up on stage and, and having fun and doing your thing? You it know? did, it did, and, and I mean it got to where I was dealing with the band and and oh the bass player can't make it this week so we got to find a bass player blah 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 can't find a, you know drummer I got to deal with three or four different bar managers every week and and what they want and every bar has its own rules like in San Antonio especially. They've been squashing creativity for a long time. And I, I, it really disappoints me because there's places where you can play over there, but only if you play top 40s or only if you play like 
standard country this, that, and the other. Mm. They don't want to hear any originals. Just they covers. Don't, they don't want. They don't want that. And they'll they'll tell you, oh, or maybe they'll say, well, you can do twenty percent covers all night. That's it. And so they're they're just squashing so that. And I'm so like, so you're playing four songs, and you're like, all right, here's here's the fifth song coming up, coming yeah. up. You know, yeah, right. yeah, I, I got it, yeah. But I mean, you know, it's because it, you want to get your stuff out there. That's sure. the name of the game. Yeah. And and I'm not trying to bore anybody, but here's the thing: if my stuff's good enough to keep the people there drinking, dancing, having fun, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What's, what's the problem with this? I don't. You know, it, yeah. there's no. It's like there's no. Uh, meter for that but you know as a musician and an entertainer you know that you got to take care of the the people no matter what and i can read the crowd i know if they're getting bored or they're getting tired or you know everybody's not dancing or whatever they're kind of all looking at me like that guy doing you know (laughs) so i mean you know i'll change it up you know even if i we had to switch to rock or whatever we would do it you know just to to make people dance and have fun because that was our our main job is to do that Anyway, long story short, you get all all that and and um, I forgot where I was going with that. The you were talking about the you know all the places that you've been, all the places all the that's shows what it was. That yeah, played. yeah. <laughs> See, that's what happens. Don't get me talking. I should sing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> right, right. I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, all the places around. You know, we we had a bunch of a bunch of good things. I got to play one time for a a benefit show and i didn't even know what it was i had a a manager at the time and uh she had booked me for this deal and she's like you're gonna do this benefit and there's gonna be you know ray benson's gonna be there and all these other people and blah 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 blah. and that's a he's that's a huge name in texas music yeah yeah Yeah. we we, i got the chance to open for sleep at the wheel twice through my career and um john michael montgomery and uh, the bellamy brothers you know Roger Krager, Roger Krager too. Cody Johnson. uh, I mean, we've opened for a bunch of people. It's it's been it's been a lot of fun. It was a fun ride. But uh, Um, who who are some of your uh, musical influences? I'm gonna after I've heard your music a lot of times um, throughout the past twenty years. uh, I'm gonna take a guess on a couple. Okay, and tell me if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Okay. Uh, the the Garth Brooks comes to mind some, yeah, a little bit. And Chris Ledoux come to mind. He's my favorite. He is my favorite, without a doubt. Chris Ledoux was the most stand up, genuine person I think I've ever seen in the music industry. He was he was just a a cool entertainer. He what I loved about him, and, and this was as a young guy, I got turned off. To music, especially mainstream music, because of all of the songs were about love. And it was just love, 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 love you, love you back. And it's like you didn't even want to listen to the radio. It was just, ah, you know, stop it. Yeah. You know, it's just too much. I, my masculinity is getting squashed here. And <laughs> anyway, so you turn, it, I, I got turned on to Chris Ledoux because he was singing about cows in the pasture or his horse or you know, something that it was just this abstract way of thinking at the time, his hat or, or whatever it was, yes. you know, it, it was just, I loved it. I loved it. And I, I couldn't get enough of it because, you know, the, the band was stellar. They were insane. And, uh, I don't know. And then I watched him in concert. I watched him nine times in concert. Really? And, um, uh, I was supposed to meet him. Some, uh, friends of mine from Centerpoint had, uh, set up in a, 
a meeting for me and him in, in Vegas. That's when he got real sick and he had that liver cancer. He couldn't have anybody back there because he was so susceptible to oh, yeah. stuff. And I said, well, just cancel the ticket. I've seen him enough times. But then shortly after he passed, I wish I'd have went to the, see the show at least. But, you remember when he passed? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the day, but uh, I remember. It's, yeah, I was pretty sad that day. It was like, you know, I don't, I don't know. You feel like you're connected to that person even though you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's how I was when George Jones passed, too. Yeah, George Jones. That's a big deal, yeah. I grew up, my dad's 78. I grew up old school, you know, on the older country. Uh, my question for you, I was thinking about this uh, this morning, was the the path you've taken to get your name known, you know, you could I say your name in Kerrville, everybody knows who you are. Would, there's kids now that just, they play in their room on YouTube and... It's a whole different path. Do you feel kind of jaded because, you know, it's like, man, they they don't have to hit up managers. They don't have to go to the bars. They don't have to. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, no, I, I'm I'm happy for anybody's who is success. That's worth it. What what bothers me is when some band or whatever has a bunch of money and they get put at the front of the train because they have that money. Hey, and that's life. I mean, that's that, that, that bothers me in life, too. When uh-huh. People yeah. are like they're like. Oh, look what this person did, but look what they also, what they started out with to, uh-huh. to get there. Right. You know, it's, it, it's the people that started out with nothing that impressed me. Well, you got that, guys right here in this town, you know, I mean, Scott Roger and, and uh, all the guys, uh, Josh Murley and, and different people around who are extremely talented. I oh, mean, yeah. they're, they're oh, extremely yeah. talented people. They're really good. And, <clears throat> you know. There's guys like Nick Lawrence from San Antonio. He should have made it. I mean, Jason Allen. He's another one. Jason Allen can play guitar and sing like Brad Paisley. He's he's that That's good. That's incredible. Mm, he's yeah. that good. If you ever go watch the guy, you'll be really impressed. And you know, I I watch him and I'm in awe every time. I'm just like, wow, I wish I could play like That's that. That's how I was when you were playing Comfort in Texas. I'm serious. <laughs> I, I'm we're truly honored to have you on today. Absolutely, 100. Uh, I'm, I'm starstruck because I, I've you know. Josh Peake to to be on the Curvo podcast. It's an honor to have you on. One hundred percent, Josh. One hundred percent. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And happy birthday to you once again, man. Yeah. I, we did this without even knowing it was Josh's birthday. That's the crazy thing about <laughs> yeah. it. Um, I want to go back to why were you out in the middle of the woods looking for a child that was not yours? Well, I knew. His grandmother and I, I'd met Curly once, but just in brief passing. And uh, I knew his uncle, Colin. And um, that whole night, I was just sick at my stomach thinking about that boy out there. I mean, like I said, I grew up on that thousand acres as a kid and I ran all over that thing. I know what it's like to be out there and, and you're not exactly sure where you're at. Same property? No, not the same property. Well, it didn't uh, come from, oh, okay. but, uh, <clears throat> but, um, uh, and, and the property that that Curly was lost on was in Ban or uh, mm-hmm. towards Bandera, yeah. and it was eleven hundred acres. So it was right around the same amount of acreage as, as what you're talking about. And and you can get just turned around. I know what it's like to fall down a ravine, and you there's some places where you, it's hard to get out. You know that that was my fear is that there was a cave system or something that maybe he went. And I'm oh, just all this stuff yeah. is running through my head all night long, and I'm sitting there going. Gosh, I, I, I is feel, that why we ran into you at the bottom of the ravine? I feel God is pulling I, me. That's where he was. Well, uh, see, they gave us those buddies, and 
I would have been flying through that stuff if it was just me. Yeah. But yeah. they, they made sure we had a buddy, and I wasn't going to leave my guy. You know, I'm not that guy. I'm not, never leave your wingman, you know, right? Tom Cruise or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, but I'm, I, I'm not going to leave my guy. And he was he was a little older, 75 or so, and, and he was having trouble getting him down some of the stuff. But, you know, that that's another story. I'm just glad that he was found safe. You know, I couldn't think, like I said, I couldn't sleep all that night. And I woke up the next morning, and his grandmother had messaged me. And I said, well, I got to go. I told my wife, I said, and I told her before, I said, I know you've got to work. See if my father or father-in-law can come over and watch the kids. I, I got to go. I just can't. This is so weighing found, on my heart. You found child care yeah. so you could go over there. Yeah. Yeah. It was just weighing on my heart. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine that little dude being yeah. hurt out it's there. It's scary. Dehydrated. You know? Yeah. And it was so cold. It was, it was, nice. it was, that it was cold night. It, during the day, during the next day, it was 40 degrees out there. Yeah. And I was standing out there. I'm like, man, it is cold out here. And Curly didn't even have a jacket on. He all just had night. A, he just he had a, a t-shirt on. What did he you do know? all night? I, I don't know. I, I want to know. know that side of the story because, you know, I mean, did he just find a tree, cover up in leaves or something? Or, you know, even as a kid, you'd think, you know, well, I know to put covers on. So hopefully, you know, he found something like that that he could do, you know, cover up with. You know the grandma? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Carrie Crumrun. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome. Um, yeah, I'm glad he was found. That was crazy. Uh, we had a podcast that day. It was supposed to be Candy's Hair Studio. And Michaela's like, look, podcast is canceled. Uh, they finally gave the green light so where people can go and help and look for him. And and Michaela, Michaela was out there in her boots. And I'm like, all right, let's." once they said go, you hear through the cedar trees. I'm like, Michaela! <laughs> yeah and you know when that green light came out because i woke up i get up about three thirty, four o'clock every morning and i saw that post from the bandera county sheriff's office so immediately you know being in the media uh we have a lot of facebook followers you know and so it was immediately getting all that stuff out but they were asking not for volunteers at that time but then about eight thirty, they gave the green light for volunteers and it was like i, I I was like, where can I be of most service here for this kid? Is it being on the air, trying to direct people to Bandera, or maybe I can go down there and just find him myself and and help find him myself, you know? And, and kudos to you guys so, too for getting out and doing that because I, I couldn't help but think, you know, if it's my kid, I'd yeah. want everybody in the world to be there. And there was a bunch, bunch of, people. of people. I was so proud to be from the Hill Country when I Absolutely. saw all that. But I was standing there and I'm just chomping at the bit. I'm like, there's all these people here. Get your bureaucrat stuff out of the way. Let's get out yeah. there and Cut find the red it. Tape. Let's yeah. sign, sign some waivers. Do whatever we got to do. Get uh-huh. everybody out in there where, you know, if somebody gets hurt, everybody. It's taking the risk themselves. They know why they're here, yes. you know. So yeah, so, there were horses and go ahead, After about fifteen minutes, I'm like, I gotta go. So I went and I told Justin next door at the Buck Studio, I'm like, Hey man, I'm going to Bandera. He's like, We are too. He's That's like, awesome. We're gonna go get our drone and and so he stopped doing his show. I stopped doing the show over here. I had a Redkowski take over the show. Then I called John. I was like, John, the the uh candies is, is canceled today, the podcast is canceled. And I told him what was going on. He's like, oh, I'm on my way. He's like, let me drop my daughter off, and I'm on my way. You know, so, I mean, the people that you surround yourself with, uh, if they're good people, then it really helps you at the same time, you know? Sure, sure. You know, and, and people that need to be helped, you know? And and it's very, so it's very important to surround yourself with good people. 
you know, and that's another reason that, that we're glad that you're here because you are one of those good people, Josh. Absolutely. Yeah. Really. We wouldn't have met you. We probably wouldn't have. I mean, we would have eventually reached out to you, but, you know, this this right now wouldn't have happened if, if uh, we weren't all out there together. Yeah, it had been uh, about 10 years since Josh and I had a conversation. <laughs> and then we we connected at the bottom of a ravine in in Bandera looking and for a for weird, a five year old kid. Yeah. Strange seeing you here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, awesome. Well, uh, let's go ahead and do this. Uh, is there anything else that that you feel it's important to get out there today, Josh? Um, just to the young young people out there starting, don't give up. Follow your dreams. Do it for the music. You know, don't don't you don't have to listen to everybody. You don't have to write a song the way everybody says to write a song. Write it the way you feel it, because I believe God made all of us special. I believe that every one of us has the innate ability to create something unique, and you know that's what art is. You you don't you don't have to be just like Picasso or Van Gogh. You be you. Amen. One hundred percent. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I might uh I might have to cut that out and put that on TikTok. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, uh, that's okay with you. Yeah, huh? I don't. Okay um all right as long as you don't mind seeing this ugly old mother do you want to oh you're good man uh do you want to go ahead and play a song on the way out of the podcast yeah sure um gosh i'm thinking i think i might switch it up if that's all right uh switch it up yeah real quick uh i just want to say that you can get this podcast on itunes spotify google podcasts youtube facebook just uh type curval podcast into facebook and go to uh com. john you got anything else before we get out of here today Thank you, Jam. Thank you, Kerrville. Thank you, Michaela, for all the electronics and being behind all of it. And thank you, Josh Peak, for jamming and for coming. Thank you, guys. I'm Absolutely. sorry the room got a little warm here and my guitar went. Oh, that's okay. So. All right. Uh, Josh Peak, ladies and gentlemen, on the Kerrville uh, podcast. Uh, it's been a great uh, 33 minutes, 34 minutes now. We're very grateful. Well, thank you, you make for, time to come in here this morning for sure. Thank you all so. for having me. I appreciate it. This one's called The Truth. It's uh, the last bull I ever got on. I broke nine ribs and punctured a lung. I was in Wagon Mound, New Mexico, and the radio station from Kerrville had called me while I was all doped up on morphine and made me promise that uh, I didn't uh, get on another bull. And I haven't since, but sometimes I think the music's a lot harder than the bull ride never was. So I'll hang it up And I'll dry my You couldn't stand to see me Living what it's all about Ain't good at much but Yeah, but this I know My heart belongs To the rodeo I took my old hat I took my old rope I tossed them in the fire Watch my dreams burn up in smoke I did it all for you You couldn't stand to see all the hurt and pain and struggle I went through And there ain't nothing like the pain of hiding from the truth Fifteen years ago, it was Labor Day. 
Me and some buds headed up New Mexico way And I got busted up Man, I almost died It was the last time I ever even tried to ride And everybody said Now boy, you're a fool Pick up that guitar and you better walk away from those bulls Well now I'm worse broken We know I'm way worse bruised I'm in a rich man's game and I've got no money to use Oh when there ain't nothing Like the pain of hiding from the truth One bad muddy trucker will let him fly high in the sky And when I finish that ride When my feet touch the ground I'll tip my old hat down Knowing I've nothing left to prove But when there ain't nothing It's like the pain of hiding from the truth Yeah, there ain't nothing like the pain of living with the truth. Yeah. Josh Peak, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Hey. I'm on the Kerbal Podcast. <laughs> Thank you, man. Coming this on, morning. Josh. Thank you so much, Josh. And uh, happy birthday once again. That's going to go ahead and wrap up uh, number 55. That song had heart, man. Thank that you. song had heart. Yeah, 100%. So, man, good stuff. <laughs> I like that one. That was my favorite. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the comfort song was, was phenomenal, it too. It was. Thank yeah, you. but that song right there, uh, if you want to hear heart, uh, you can hear it when Josh Peak plays. Absolutely. Thank you. 100%. All right, we'll be back with uh, episode number 56 of the, of the Curveball Podcast. Tuesday morning.